Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today, we are going to talk about some root causes of disease and talk to a really interesting guy who tapped into some of Tesla's technology in order to generate some new stuff that does something in the gut that I haven't really seen before. Uh, someone who's been for 22 years working on this field that we now call biohacking that you could have called alternative medicine, some other things like that. Um, he's a guy who's written several books and really zoomed in on why disease and longevity start in the gut and ways you probably haven't heard of to keep your gut healthy. His name is Dr. Edward Group. Edward, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Uh, really appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your show. And you've done so many things, you know, an 18-day water fast. We're going to get into that. Ozone stem cells, Wim Hof breathing, uh, spiritual stuff, and uh, you know, your friends with Dr. Mercola and Jim Quick. So we run in similar circles, but this is your first time on the show. So I think we can go in a lot of different directions, and wherever we go is going to be interesting. Uh, quite interesting for people listening. And uh, you have 25 million views on your YouTube channel, so people who haven't heard of your work can find you pretty easily. Uh, best place to find you is to just go to YouTube, search Edward Group. What's the best way? Dr. Group. Dr. Group on YouTube. Dr. Yep. Group on YouTube, all right. Um, so basically, guys, uh, this is someone who has a, a big voice in in healing and is worth paying attention to. The thing that caught my eye about your work uh, that was uh, that was really interesting. Was you sent me a bottle of oxy powder? And now people have known the show for a long time. Have heard me talk about having a Rife machine and some of the original Tesla stuff. And Tesla was a biohacker in addition to being a pretty interesting inventor um, in many different fields, um, not including electric cars. Um, if you're under 20, no, Tesla did not invent electric cars. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Um, I tried the oxy powder and I, it was something I actually didn't know about, which is unusual because I very well read on supplements and all this. You're actually ozonating magnesium. What's the deal with that? Tell me what it is and how it works. What does it do to the gut? Well, uh, if I could give you a little bit of a backstory on how sure. I came, came across oxy powder. Um, I was part of a research team in the mid-90s. Uh, before that, actually, I wanted to be a heart surgeon, and I was about to take my MCATs, and I ended up meeting this guy at a dinner, and he was part of this alternative, what he said was the first alternative oncology research team, and this was uh, before internet, really, in the mid-90s, so there wasn't a lot of access to, to look up research and find out what was going on. And we kind of got in a little bit of an argument because I was at that time, you know, brainwashed, trained in allopathic, and he was the, the complete opposite. And so he said to me, look, go prove to me that any pharmaceutical does any good or addresses the root cause of what someone is suffering from instead of addressing the symptoms. And so I took him up on that offer and went to the library the next day. And I started breaking down because I had a background in chemistry and biochemistry and started looking at the structure and the function of pharmaceuticals and it didn't take that long before i realized oh my gosh why what is going on here and it was very shocking for me um to learn that information and so i went back to him and i said you know teach me everything you know and he said we'll join my research team he was working with MD Anderson at that time. That was uh, when MD Anderson had a 4% success rate with cancer, and they were bringing in not only MD Anderson, but the cancer hospitals were bringing in the CAM programs, the Complementary Alternative Medicine mm -hmm. Program. Um, so I joined his team, and it was, oh my gosh, that was the most uh, eye-opening uh, research because we uh, had to go to these underground meetings and talk to these cancer doctors and try to pull as much our, our mission was to, number one, find the root cause of cancer, what that, identify what that was, and second, uh, evaluate all these doctors' natural protocols and see what was working, what wasn't working, uh, any type of natural therapeutics that could be brought in. And uh, so, long story short, we met underground with these doctors, and we were studying Laetrile, and we were studying 714X, and we were... It was a very small world. I mean, back then, so let, doctors, yeah. 
Let's define those for people. Laetrile, I mean, you know what that is. Uh, guys, this is a, basically an extract of apricot seeds that the cyanide molecule attached to some other stuff that has been shown in some studies, but not all, uh, to go into cells that are cancerous. And then the cyanide breaks off from the rest of the stuff because of an enzyme in the cancer, and then it kills the cancer cells. And it's been just shat upon and fought against by traditional medicine for reasons I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work, and they all know that because they studied it, except they didn't study it. Um, I think it's one of those cases of that can't be, therefore it isn't kind of logic, which is unscientific, but is rampant in Western medicine. Um, so you studied Latrell. Did it work in your studies? Uh, it was one thing. I mean, every the doctors that had the most success rate were not only uh, using one thing, but a combination of things. And that's what also led us into uh, Royal Raymond Rife, because at the time we met the guy that actually had about a quarter of the stuff that was taken out of Rife's original lab, which was then given to me. So I actually owned until a couple years ago, uh, some of Rife's original equipment and his original lab manual. And that and was, uh, let's pause and say who Royal Rife is because a large number of listeners may not know about his background. Do you want to go through it? You want me to? Yeah, sure. be uh, well, go in ahead. short, Royal Raymond Rife was a scientist that, uh, was doing research and had developed what he called the light microscope, which could view live organisms at very high magnification. Uh, not only that, he did, when he started organizing and documenting all the organisms, he also found that uh, organisms had the ability to change between a virus to a fungus to a bacteria, which he called pleomorphism, um, which is still not well understood today, uh, but is another reason why uh, we'll talk about later. It's so important to clean all the harmful organisms and the parasites out of your body. And he uh, actually identified what he called the BX virus, which also transformed into a fungus. And at that point in time, he found that he was really into frequencies and vibrations, which is uh, ultimately what healing is and, and what we're made of is nothing more than uh, vibrations. And so he developed a rife frequency device. And this device, he could tune in to the frequency of these microorganisms. And he, under the microscope, he would see that those organisms would shatter. And he was very successful with uh, cancer. He almost had, a, I think it was a 99.8% success rate. Uh, and then he was shut down, he was raided, and a lot of his equipment was damaged, taken to unknown locations. And, uh, we were fortunate actually to have and to study that. And with Barry Lyons, the guy that wrote the cancer cure that worked, we also uh, were studying the Rife machines at the time, okay. which, he, which he was using a helium uh, gas quartz tube with uh, platinum-based electrodes. Now, I would just encourage you, if you're listening to this and you've never heard of Royal Rife, do some digging around on the internet and you're going to find a bunch of people say, quackery, quackery. Um, however... It is well documented that Morris Fishbein, if I remember his last name right, the founder of the American Medical Association, um, tried to buy his tech. Um, amongst other things, Rife had made five microscopes that could see uh, up to electron microscope level um, living organisms, whereas even today, electron microscopes kill everything and kind of desiccate it before, before we can look at it. And when he wouldn't sell to Morris, Within two years, Morris used the power of a medical mafia called the AMA uh, in order to, I think they might call it a, a protectionist trade organism instead of a, a trade organization instead of mafia today. I'm not sure. Like, uh, uh, anyhow, the, the AMA defends doctors' ability to charge a lot of money um, and hasn't done a lot of good in a lot of time, as far as I can tell. Um, I'm sure they have done some good. I just don't know what it is <laughs> because they're holding some progress back. But at the very roots of that organization, they took a type of medical technology and they literally sent people in. They burned his lab books. They destroyed the microscopes when it wasn't for sale to the head of the AMA. No, I'm not making this up. This is what, the 1930s? Edward, do you remember the, the decade yes. we're talking about? The 30s? Yes, 1930s. And the reason that I am actually willing to have you on the show and all this is that when I had Lyme disease and I had actually toxic mold, which is almost always the cause of Lyme disease. Um, and I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue and diagnosed with uh, fibromyalgia and all sorts of other weird stuff that really sucked. Um, I bought a Rife machine and I was not sure which of the 10,000 frequencies to run. <laughs> so I had limited results, but 
my partner at the time, uh, she had herpes lesions in her sinuses. And without telling her what I was doing, she was reading a magazine sitting 10 feet away from this thing that you know changes the EMF environment to be hostile to organisms. I put in the herpes, which is a cold sore, the herpes frequencies, which are well known, and I hit start. And she screams, drops the magazine, grabs her face and says, stop, stop, whatever you're doing, oh my God. Now, there was no placebo there. She didn't know what I was doing. She was not paying attention to what I was doing. And it was like someone smacked her in the face. That is because there was a direct interaction between the rife EMFs that it was making and what was going on in her sinuses. Uh, and that is science. <laughs> and it was reproducible. And she was terrified that I would turn it on again. So I didn't because I'm nice. Anyhow, I, I just want you guys to know there's stuff you can do. And if, if you're really curious about this, the, a newer version of that stuff, there was an episode about the biocharger where Jim Law was on recently, um, which is using, like you said, charged neon gas as well as a bunch of other gas. So this is real stuff. It does have biological effects and it's happening. It's just something you probably haven't heard of. Now, don't want to go on a long, a long thing there, but I want people to be grounded in how interesting it is that you had some of Royal Rife's original gear or books because they're rare because they were hunted down and destroyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, to the point where I actually donated them about five years ago to Steve Ross at the World Research Foundation just because I <laughs> felt kind of weird holding all that stuff. But I tell you, when I had his lab manual in my hand and going through it and all of his letters and handwritten stuff, it was pretty amazing considering uh, what he has done. Um, but th that also led us to uh, ozone and oxygen uh, therapies uh, during this uh, root cause of disease and therapeutic uh, search. And that's kind of where we stumbled on Tesla's information. Most people don't know, but Tesla was really, really, really into health. And Tesla's understudy was a guy named Arthur Matthews. Arthur Matthews came to Tesla when he was uh, 16 years old and studied under Tesla. And uh, great book, by the way, uh, The Wall of Light, which talks about Tesla's other side. But um, Tesla apparently had this vision that he saw into the future. And he said, he told Arthur, Arthur Matthews' uh, understudy, by the way, was a guy named George Freebot. And I was the understudy of George Freebot. So we had access to some of Tesla's original things. And and there was another guy up in Canada, actually, that had a lot of Tesla stuff that we worked with. And he actually built a full-size Tesla coil. And um, so we were studying uh, all different types of therapeutics at that time and seeing what worked. And uh, we heard about this vision that Tesla had. And Tesla said, in the future, all disease will start in the gut. And one of the things he wanted to do before he died was he wanted to develop a product that... Uh, would release oxygen, what he called ozol, which is an ozone plus a terpene molecule, which which uh, Tesla invented with his Vapozone machine, which we can talk about, which is absolutely fabulous. They used to sell it at Sears, Roebuck and Company in, the, I think, the 1940s, um, which produces ozol. But also, he wanted to be able to stabilize a monatomic oxygen onto a magnesium compound. And so he met with a guy in a hotel room. The guy's name was uh, Dr. Eugene Bloss in 1898, and they developed a product uh, that was an oxygenation-based product that delivers negative electrons and that would oxidize and reduce any of the hard compacted fecal matter or anything harmful in the intestines, the full 30 feet of intestines, by the way, uh, there was a time release that would uh, keep the intestines clean and keep the intestines healthy. Um, now, when we looked at and what Tesla looked at was any type of the so-called colon cleansers or intestinal cleansers or anything like that that um, uh, are being used, such as Cascara Sagrada and some other things that uh, don't really oxidize or um, actually clean any of the intestinal process. All right, Edward, you, you piqued my curiosity. So I looked up the book you were talking about here while we're doing the interview. Uh, and it, it's actually got something about how Nikolai Tesla communicated with the Venusians uh, from Venus. So as soon as I, I looked at that as a book from 1973, of course, I had to order the uh, $210 antique version of it because it's yeah. all that they really have. And I put on my brand new True Dark glasses, the new Fairlane model, my new ones to protect my eyes from the Venus rays. Uh, and my tinfoil hat is actually under my hair. Um, so 
this is one of the problems. Anytime you go into Tesla and you go into Rife uh, and you go into like the history of this stuff, you always come across aliens, wizards, dragons, druids, all of which have actual historical things that, you know, ancient Chinese medicine talked about dragons and, you know, all the old, old religions had stuff like this. But why is it always so weird? Like, you know, like, couldn't they have written a book about Tesla and Rife without the Venus people? What, what's going on with that? Like, what's your take on all this stuff? It's just an interesting book. It's a very interesting book to read. And, uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, Arthur Matthews was a Tesla was a strange guy. You know, I mean, there's it's the universe. It's the the totality of consciousness. It's the energy. It's the vibrations. It's I mean, Einstein said everything in life is vibration. Tesla said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy and vibration. So, I mean, who knows? I, I you know, I do believe that there's there's life on other planets and in the universe, and um, he just had his own way of doing things. And um, you know, gosh, too bad most of his stuff has been suppressed. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing uh, where I know for a fact that there are certain people who just know stuff, uh, and I know for a fact because I happen to run a neuroscience institute where we can measure the brains of people who can just know stuff, and magically they have a common pattern that's very unusual in the rest of us. And people who meditate a lot are more likely to have that. So there are small subsets of people who tune into stuff, whether you want to call it collective consciousness from young or, you know, way more esoteric. Yes, I'm channeling someone from Venus or an angel or whatever. I've had a few people on the show who um, are, are psychic, for lack of a better word. There's enough scientific evidence um, from a couple of guests I've had on the show um, who are researching it with you know, proper medical science saying, well, look, these are things that are statistically very unlikely unless some few people can do a few things and the outliers are where all the cool stuff is. I'm going to reserve my uh, judgment and my skepticism about whether, uh, you know, Rife or Tesla were <laughs> actually talking to Venus or not. But I will say uh, both of them sure knew a lot of stuff and they were tuned into some pretty crazy stuff. And I'm just not, I'm not going to say that I know enough to say that it was or wasn't wherever the heck it came from, but it, it probably wasn't just all between their ears. Else could be wrong. So I'm going to read about Venus, uh, which is great. Um, okay, I got to ask you this now. So Edward, are, are you talking to anyone from Venus? No, I'm not. But I'm actually really, really into meditation. Um, kind of like you when you did the um, when you went raw vegan. I did the same thing. Um, probably about ten years ago, I did uh, been studying meditation and spirituality from all over the world and just constantly like you've been on a search for the truth. I mean, just being a truth seeker and never believing the first thing that you see or hear. And so uh, I decided to do a year and a half of abstinence from sex and raw vegan diet, raw food diet and meditation of two to four hours a day. Um, that was that was one period of my life that. Uh, uh you know, the meditation, I can say, was extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, the raw vegan diet, I mean, I, I felt like isolated from society. My body it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not recommend that uh, to anybody. Uh, everybody, I think everybody's biochemistry is different. And it was, um, I mean, it was really strange. I felt like I was just by myself and um, it, uh there's a, I learned a lot that you really need to interact with people and you, you learn that you stop get inv getting invited to parties or dinners or anything because you're not drinking alcohol, you're not eating and you're basically you become secluded like a hermit. Uh, but the meditation was transformative. Uh, and to that day, I, I still wake up at 2.30 or 3 in the morning and try to meditate till 6, 6.30, at least, you know, two or three hours a day. Of course, I've worked up to that over the years. And uh, like you talk so much about, you know, hacking the aging process. And it's just amazing to me what meditation does with all the studies, uh, how it balances everything out, how it energizes the system, how it, uh, how it heals um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's done a lot for me because, uh, most successful people that you and I know, uh, are ADD and, and 
I don't think it that's happens. any type of a disease at all. You know, I think it's a, I think it's actually a benefit um, that we're able to, to live a life like that. But um, yeah, so meditation is great. And the big thing about meditation that, that I've been studying over the last 15 years is the third eye and the pineal gland and the fact that that's the highest energy, the highest vibrational organ and receives the most, most blood flow in the body. And it was uh, really kind of interesting when they were doing autopsies and they found the little crystal inside the pineal gland, um, that that's really your main connection point to the universal consciousness or, you know, your communication and on a higher level. And of course, you know, Dave, that leads you down so many rabbit holes, right? And, and that led us down the rabbit hole of, well, what's going on with the calcification of the pineal gland with the fluoride in the water and then all the brominated compounds. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's another reason why it's, I started looking into things that could decalcify the pineal gland and iodine. What's your favorite way to decalcify the pineal gland? By the way, if you're listening to this going, what the heck's he talking about? Everything he's talking about, there's substantial groups of people who are saying this is going on. There's also substantial groups of people saying this is all uh, a bunch of woo. Uh, the truth is usually in the middle <laughs> from, from what I've seen. <laughs> but yeah. what, uh, what have you found works to make your yeah. pineal gland work and, and how do you know it's working? My, you know, my favorite substance, probably if I had to pick one thing would be iodine as far as the, its, its ability to uh, decalcify the pineal gland because it is the halogen. You know, you have the fluoride, bromine, chloride, and iodine, and a good form of iodine is what I've found uh, has the ability to decalcify the pineal gland. And not only that, every cell in the body requires iodine and uh it's that's do you probably, like Lugols or do you use it topically? Do you take it orally? How much do you take? Yeah, so uh, I actually developed a nascent iodine, uh, which is in a certified organic glycerin base, and it was the first certified organic iodine product on the market. However, Lugols, I love Lugols. I just didn't want the. I wanted to kind of increase and come up with my own innovation uh, in iodine or with iodine. So, and I I think that and Dr. Brownstein, who's a friend of mine, who's been doing you know, massive amounts of studies on thyroid and endocrine dysfunction. Yeah, big, big and, name in that field, right? Uh, and iodine. He, uh, him and I both agree that about 25 milligrams a day is really, really good for anybody. And that's 25,000 micrograms. So I know that sounds like a lot, but uh, uh, anybody who's suffering from endocrine disruption, and now we know that iodine can start uh, pulling out mercury, lead, cadmium, strontium from the body. We also know how have anecdotal evidence now from people that suffer from EMF hypersensitivity syndrome that have tried everything out there and they're getting the best results with uh, taking iodine. Now that dose of iodine is is larger than I've seen from almost anyone. the The largest dose that I've seen recommended is some like fourteen or eighteen milligrams uh, from some of the books on adrenal fatigue and and problems. But people with Hashimoto's are usually told don't take any iodine that might make your Hashimoto's worse. What's your take on that? Uh, my take is they're uh, not getting the proper iodine testing done. Uh, Dr. Brownstein and Dr. Guy Abraham are the ones that developed the only iodine loading, loading test. And there's only one uh, facility, I think, now in the United States that does that testing. If people go in and get blood iodine testing, it's not, it's not accurate. Uh, what I think is, and what we've seen, is that when you start taking iodine, your body's going to start pulling out all the brominated compounds and the fluoride, and it can take up to six months to a year before your, iodine, your thyroid levels come back to normal. And what you usually see is you see, if, if the individual is going into the doctor, their endocrinologist, and getting uh, all of their iodine precursors and all their uh, T3, T4, and, and, and TSH and all that, you usually see it go in a cycle like this. So, And that's the reason why the endocrinologists say, oh, get off the iodine, get off the iodine, because you're going to have uh, Hashimoto's, you're going to have hyper, then you're going to have hypo, and it's just going to cycle itself until all of those toxic halogens are out of the system and your body's able to repair itself again. But just like with fibrocystic uh, PCOS and fibrocystic breasts and anything reproductive, I mean, that's just a 
a telltale sign of severe iodine deficiency. And mental retardation in children, I mean, it's uh, you could pretty much link iodine deficiency to every single uh, health condition. Uh, it was it's true in my uh, my book on fertility called the Better Baby Book from like 2011. You look at what even slightly low iodine does to lower IQ. Uh, there were studies, okay, guys, this is 10 years ago uh, from writing. But if I'm remembering this right, there was something like an average of five IQ points globally lower than we should be just because of parts of the world where kids don't get enough iodine when they're in the womb. Uh, so there, there's definitely something to be said for it. Most functional medicine doctors I know don't go as high as the doses you're talking about. And what I have found is whether I'm using it topically, you just rub it on your arm, or whether you're drinking it in water, uh, is that when you hit your limit for the day, and mine is far lower than that, uh, you get water like, coming out of your nose. It's not like your nose is running. It's like you have water in your nose. It's the weirdest thing. But at that point, you sort of hit your limit. Uh, and I did go through for years, I would take high dose iodine. And I feel like I don't, I, I kind of hit my limit on that. I take iodine and make some iodine capsules that are, you know, 150 micrograms or something. But um, if I do even, you know, three drops on my arm, I get a runny nose. So I feel like I finally reached iodine sufficiency. But most people listening are woefully low on it. Iodized sea salt isn't going to do much for Actually, Sea salt has no iodine, but even iodized uh, chemical salt is not going to do a lot for you because it's just such a low dose. Okay, so you're a big fan of that, all right? Uh, and what is nascent iodine versus all the other forms? Because there's many forms of iodine you can get. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Uh, nascent iodine is just an I1 instead of an I2, or it's not bonded to something. So iodine in its original form can be a, ga it can be a gas, and it can be toxic if it's coming out in the crystalline form. Um, so you really have to take it through a detoxification process or a bonding process. And it's very hard, actually, to stabilize a I1 instead of a bonded iodide or uh, like a potassium iodide. Um, so, but, you know, with lots of experimentation, uh, we were able to uh, utilize and invent actually a new form of uh, processing, which is a glycerospheric, like a lipospheric, but this is a glycerospheric technology where we're actually able to wrap the glycerin molecule around the iodine and stabilize it. And it's uh, mm. Normally, if you were to just put iodine crystals in something and you don't detoxify it, it can be like the iodine you get at the drugstore, which you do not want to drink. You know, it's good for your skin. But this is an active form of iodine, which means uh, it's the I1 with a, with a strong electron uh, ability. So that means it goes in and it actually helps detoxify and um, helps repair any damaged tissue a lot faster. Now, that's not to say that uh, Lugol's which is a combination of free iodine and potassium iodide, uh, doesn't work. Actually, Lugos was the first antibiotic. I mean, uh, we, we yeah. submitted a 17-page paper uh, to the White House uh, with, for iodine's effectiveness against COVID-19. And if you look at the studies back in 
around the Spanish flu, it was incredible. I mean, there's no microorganism that can survive in an iodine-rich environment. And, and that brings me to your point about the biotoxins and the mold and the fungus. When we were doing our research, uh, and, and iodine for that as well, on the root cause of disease, and we finished it all, we basically came to the conclusion of common sense and simplicity. Mm -hmm. we, 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 the, the root cause of all disease, in our opinion, is uh, toxic air, toxic food, toxic water, toxic beverages, heavy metals, chemical exposure, electromagnetic frequency exposure, uh, microbial infestation. Microbial infestation is huge. Fungus, mold, parasites, bacteria, viruses, you know, mycoplasms, uh, physical and emotional stress levels, and negative belief patterns. I mean, that pretty much was the conclusion. Um, and that, you know, back in the mid-90s, they were like, well, what, what do you mean toxicity? That, how can that be the root cause of disease? Well, we knew that everybody had a self-healing mechanism. I mean, this is kind of what what we found out is that we're all born with the ability to heal ourselves. We all have a self-healing mechanism. And if someone's taking in 200,000 toxins from air every day, 200,000 toxins from water and food and all this, it's, 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 you know, stuffing up our body with all these chemicals and toxins and at the same time, we're not, we, we found that people weren't eliminating. So the next step that we went to was we knew that all of these things were the root cause. But then we looked at, well, how does the body actually eliminate these things naturally? And so men have four elimination routes and women have five elimination routes. So you're going to sweat them out. You're going to breathe them out with respiration, which is through your exercise that those, those you can do together. You're going to urinate them out and you're going to defecate them out. And with women, they have their menstrual cycle once a month. So we said, okay, so let's say uh, someone's bringing in 2 million toxins on a daily basis. Let's look at what, what's going on. Well, this person's sick. They have all kinds of symptoms. How, how, how much are they urinating? Uh, well, they're only urinating, you know, they're not drinking any water, number one. So uh -huh. their, urination their, their urination elimination is shut down. How much are they defecating? Well, they're not eating the right foods. They're clogging up their system. They're, they're eating, and it's taking over 72 hours uh, transit time, which means the proteins are turning putrefactic. The carbohydrates are fermenting. The fats are turning rancid inside their system. They're having one bowel movement a week, maybe one bowel movement every couple of days. So they're- um, How common is that? I don't know anyone who like poops every two or three days. Is it just because all my friends are healthy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just look at the animals, right? The animals that eat good live things, right? How many times does a bird poop? A bird poop? Uh, how many times does a cow poop? A horse poop? I mean, they do two or three times a day. Right. So I raise animals, right? The sheep, they poop every five minutes because they're just re-inoculating the soil. Pigs, a lot less frequently. They all do it in the same spot in the corner because their job is to dig up the soil, not to refertilize it. Um. So I, I wouldn't compare us there, but I mean, other primates, do they poop, you know, 10 times a day, I guess, because they're all eating bamboo or something? <laughs> uh, yes, they do. They do. And um, of course, like you always say, everybody's different and everybody's biochemistry is different. And um, so it just it just depends on your environment, really, to to. Uh, to come to the conclusion of our research, you know, when we figured out that all of the most people that are sick, their elimination routes aren't functioning properly. So all this stuff, all of this stuff ends up being stored somewhere in the body. And that's uh, what leads to the root cause of disease. So the next thing we said is, OK, well, where is most of this stuff coming into the body? And we said, OK, it's, it can come in through the skin. It can come in through the lungs and it can come in through the mouth. Or through social media, you forgot. That. No, <laughs> well, actually, actually <laughs> yes, because that's no, you're right because that's that's part of the phys the physical and uh, and emotional stress aspect of it, which is huge. Yeah, and the negative belief patterns and the and the and the fear and the anger and the shame and all that stuff. Yeah, but we'll we'll stick to the physical toxins. I was just kind of messing <laughs> with you. Uh, so anyway, so we we found that about 90% of all the chemicals and toxins enter through the intestinal tract at that point in time. Because even a lot of the stuff you breathe in gets in the mucus and leaks down into your stomach. So uh, then, of course, it was, you know, this is the, the biggest secret the medical profession hopes you never find out, right? I mean, the intestinal lining. So let's start studying that. Let's, let's figure out how, what's going on and 
when the intestinal lining is exposed to all these chemicals and toxins. And as we now know now, you know, leaky gut and the, and the burning of the nerves and people are eating in a, par- in a sympathetic state instead of a parasympathetic state. And so uh, we realize that there's a lot of education that has to happen as well as a lot of cleansing and detoxification that has to happen. And uh, one of the things that we found that was the most success uh, and the most successful protocols that these doctor- doctors were using is the real successful doctors were always cleansing the body before they did everything else. And they would start in the intestines and then move on to the liver and gallbladder and then move on to cleaning all the uh, harmful organisms out and then move on to cleaning all the chemicals and heavy metals out of the system. So that's what led us to, okay, how could we keep, if people are, number one, like you say, eating way too much food, and they're eating bad cooked food with low energy and low vibration, how can we keep the intestines clean and functioning? And when we did our search, we had already known about Tesla's uh, product that he developed, and that was something that was safe. It's not an osmotic laxative. I mean, even though it's bonded to magnesium, it's not a magnesium laxative, and it's not a magnesium supplement because you don't absorb magnesium oxide. Tesla knew that the lattices on the magnesium molecule would absorb and hold oxygen. And so I only had a little bit of that formula, actually. And I set up a lab in a 40-foot shipping container, and it took me four years. I almost blew myself up a couple times, too, to, to figure out how to stabilize the monatomic oxygen onto the magnesium molecule. And so that's that actually, the oxy powder is Nikolai Tesla's formula. And when you take it, it slowly releases the oxygen throughout the whole intestinal tract. Um, now, now, you mentioned ozone, which is O3, and you mentioned monatomic ozone, which is basically O. So you're so, taking magnesium yes. oxide, which yes. is, well, you, you, we need magnesium, but oxide doesn't absorb that well as a supplement. Right. So this is less about the magnesium. Yes. And so what's on there? Are these just individual O's that came off the ozones? So now you have single O's tied to magnesium, or are there O3s stuck on there? Uh, so there's an energetic, uh, value that we haven't been able to really measure yet, but most of it is the only thing that we can measure in the lab is going to be the, when the O1s come off and they turn into O2 and we've measured that at set for 17 hours straight that's happening. And so we know that you're going to get a good cleanse. Uh, if you, that's why you take it at night and, and it cleans everything out and it, it does turns all that solid matter. That- I mean, I, you sent me some, I looked at all the research going back to like 1987 and there's F there's, there's a good amount of research on this. It's not well known. And yes, Tesla really was working on this kind of stuff. We also had, um, Ian Mitchell was on recently. Um, you might, you probably haven't heard that episode yet where he talked about the way Tesla was doing a similar thing with, uh, with different oils. And so, so Tesla yes. was definitely a health nut. Um, but I was unfamiliar with putting it on magnesium and when I took, the oxy powder definitely the next day, you know, I normally poop a couple times a day. Um, but, um, there was definitely, uh, like three times. So I, I would say it was, it was a noticeable difference. How do you know it's good though? Like, how do you know you're not messing with good bacteria in the gut when you cleanse? Uh, well, we have lots of, uh, anecdotal evidence. We haven't had one report Ever that anyone's gotten colon cancer in the 20 something years that we've uh, been selling oxy powder. And we also look at the faculative strains. I mean, the, the microbiome, a good microbiome in the body is a, is a good balance of some bad bacteria, some good bacteria, a good balanced system. And oxygen uh, is not, has not been proven, or I haven't seen anything to cause any type of damage to the microbiome. It just the opposite. It seems like it, uh, the reports that we've gotten are that it helps heal leaky gut. We did do a study in India that on ulcerative colitis had a 98.6, uh, cure rate, uh, wow. chronic constipation, Crohn's. I mean, think of all of the intestinal situations that people are suffering from today and all of the damage and all of the chemicals and everything. So we also know that uh, when it's done, you know, you could picture it like the scrubbing bubbles commercial kind of a thing. And, and most people have, you know, 10, 15 pounds sometimes of compacted fecal matter, that hard stuff. 
there's nothing that I know of that's actually going to melt away all that. Um, and, you know, let's say you go in and you get a colonic. Well, what we found is a lot of the toxicity happens in the small intestine. And there's really no way to really clean, deeply clean that. And then you actually get the oxygen coming into your bloodstream. So you will notice uh, increased energy. And maybe if you use a pulse oximeter, which I know you do, uh, even increase in oxygen capacity. Is there enough oxygen molecules in here to move that needle? It seems like breathing is so much more air coming in. Like this would be more about yeah, delivering it to the right yeah, part of the body yeah, rather than yeah, you it, can't compress not, that much oxygen. Yeah, right? it's not something. Uh, it's not something I would say you could use as an oxygen supplement, but you will notice energy. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Wim Hof breathing and breathing exercises too. And yeah. uh, uh, so in conjunction, I, I definitely noticed an energy that, difference right. uh, when I took it. You say take it at night. Um, you say four capsules two to three times a week. Um, why at night? Why should I just take it now? You can. Uh, you can. We have people use it for all kinds of things. Uh, at night, just because you're relaxed and your bowels are in a sympath- uh, parasympathetic state most of the time, hopefully, if you're uh, getting some good sleep and um, your digestion slows way down. So it's just gives, it's easy that way. And also it gives you the opportunity to kind of clean everything out that you ate uh, during the day uh, and oxidize uh, anything that needs to be oxidized in there or anything that's harmful because, or anything that's positively charged that's harmful. And you just, you know, while you sleep, you get up in the morning, you flush it out that way during the day, you know, you might have one or two bowel movements, but then during the day, you're not having to run to the bathroom. And if you take it, which some people actually do, Dave, I mean, we have a lot of people that, uh, are meat, they go out and they eat a big meat dinner with uh, lots of carbohydrates. You know, I'm in Houston, so it's oil and gas. They drink a couple bottles of wine. They have dessert. They, they're, they're still at the restaurant at 1030 at night. They come home and they're just bloated and then they just want to flush out their system. So they might take six or seven bottles. I mean, six or seven well, capsules. And I'll just try flush six now. I've only done four before bed, but I'm kind of curious <laughs> what, what's going to happen if I take six of these. Uh, nothing. You'll just have uh, increased bowel movements. We we had a doctor that was giving his patients a half a bottle one day and a half a bottle the next day, and he swore by it. Um, well, just magnesium said, oxide is going to give you the runs at that level, right? Uh, it might. Yeah, it might. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I did notice something, and the story behind this, uh, we kind of got into it a little bit, but can you talk about Eugene Blass and Nikolai Tesla in... Uh, 1898, like the real early uh, way that they worked together on this stuff. Because it, it's interesting to me when we find old technologies like ozone therapy, like iodine, uh, like these other things that have been around for hundreds or thousands of years, like activated charcoal, and they're experiencing a resurgence because they work at fundamental foundational levels. So tell me how this stuff happened, what homozone and all that. That story is very fascinating to me. Yeah, homozone. Um was the original oxygen blast that, uh, well, it was changed a couple of times over the years and George Freebot was producing the homozone, but nobody really has a lot of information on how long it took with Tesla working with Eugene Blass. Uh, we know it was in 1898. We know that they originally formulated the product in a hotel room, but there's not a lot of evidence out there, at least paper-wise, that, um, you know, what their relationship, at least I don't know what their relationship really was. I, I know that uh, they did sell the product on the market for quite some time. And then also Tesla uh, was working with the VapoZone machine at the same time, with which is, uh, which is an ozone machine for respiratory. That's probably my favorite favorite device. If you if you look at it online, it's very hard to find information on that. But I build them, and but it's basically a, a, a nebulizer type device hooked to an ozone machine, and uh, you put oil in it, tea tree oil, a little bit of eucalyptus, and you bubble it through there, and you breathe it breathe it into the lungs. I've used it and recommended it for years. Um, by the way, I'll, 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 I'll go back in time a little bit and let you know that when we presented this research, um, we were given a gag order. Uh, we were followed around in black vehicles. We were told to shut our mouths about it. 
because we had a cure for cancer and a cure for all disease basically back in the in the mid 90s and many people have i mean you know there's lots of different ways to to heal to heal the body but what we realized uh, is that a true doctor is one who teaches not who not one who prescribes and a true doctor is really or a true scientist that wants to change the world is really more of a internal and external toxicologist because you really have to understand and be able to teach you know what people are exposed to in their external environment i mean in their home the vocs the emfs the the memory foam mattress they're uh, breathing in fumes from the air fresheners the amount of physical and emotional stress in their external environment and then you also have to be able to explain to them the internal environment as well and we opened up a clinic actually we were renegades back then and we had a very successful degenerative disease clinic and cancer clinic and we had the royal family come over and we had a lot of people that would come to us actually Pretty much everybody that came to us had already been seen by 20 different people and had bags of supplements. And that only lasted a couple of years before the FDA raided our clinic and shut us down and um, basically said, you can't do this anymore. Um, and I remember one instance where a, a, a guy pulled up in a black car and asked me very nicely to get in in a black suit and took me to a little Chinese restaurant in Houston and the back and I. On the wall, I saw pictures of presidents and all kinds of, you know, high, high end people. And I was thinking, what the heck are they doing in this tiny little Chinese restaurant? And the back wall opened up and they brought me in and sat me down and they said, we know that. The back wall opened up like a a magic men in black switch? Yeah. And it opened up (laughs) and (laughs) and I went in there and they said, we know what you're working on. We've been watching you. We know that, uh, uh, you know, what you have going on, they knew about the, I mean, they knew about our technology, the Tesla stuff, they knew about some other stuff. And they basically said, we want you to join us. Uh, you'll never have to worry about money again. You know, we'll, we'll take care of you. And I mean, I had known by that point, because when you start going down the rabbit hole, it's a small group of people that run the world and that, you know, are doing a lot of this stuff to the earth and society and uh, organizations. Um which was another thing I had See, to go I, through. I have a hard time processing this, right? You know, you're, you're sitting here telling me this. <laughs> so, I mean, they didn't kill you. Did you say, fine, I'll sign up. I'll get my microchip implant. I, I mean, like, like what, what happened? No, they <laughs> this, gave this me a phone number. They gave me a phone number and they said, you have 24 hours to call this number. If you don't call the number in 24 hours, we're never going to reach out to you again. And I was like, I already knew who these guys were. They're trying to silence me. They're probably going to kill me, you know, whatever, whatever. So I never called the number and I never heard from him again, except from that point forward, the FDA has been in my office like every six months. They watch me pretty closely about, you know, because I speak at Truth About Cancer and I speak all, you know, about 5G and all the stuff, you know, that you a lot of the same stuff that you talk about. So I had to shut our clinic down at that point in time. But I said, you know what? Actually, that's right when the internet was starting. Like I remember uh, AO, AOL and uh, Netscape. You've got I said, mail. You know, I'm going to put reframe this into the simplicity because I'm all about simplicity of teaching people how to heal themselves and just put the information up under wellness and and use the same detoxification pro, uh, protocols that we used and then uh, develop products that I felt comfortable with because a lot of the products out there remember Dave in the, like the mid 90s and even in the 2000s they were crappy. They had fillers and excipients mm-hmm. and binders. And so um, so that's how I got into product development and manufacturing products, too, is because I wanted clean products. We were the first company to start coming out with the seals on the bottles. We were the, you know, we were the first one that developed uh, fillers and excipients using certified organic gum acacia and even diatomaceous earth sometimes and, and other things like that to be able to create like really powerful clean, high vibrational supplements that are out there. So, um, so that's what led me to, you know, starting global healing and then educating people on the, on the root cause of disease and how they can clean up their external environment and how they can clean up their internal environment at the same time and take back control of their health and reactivate their body's self-healing mechanism. Is that Chinese restaurant still open? It sure is. Yes, it is. You ever I pass go in by there, there like, every now and then. <laughs> you ever go in there and knock on the back sliding wall? 
No, <laughs> no, I, was, uh, I don't, I don't really want to go in there. Uh, Do you want to like tell much. people the address or anything? Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there's a bunch of listeners in Houston who that go there and order the, the chow mein <laughs> and look at the wall with the infrared lights or something. Um, that's fascinating. Wow. But you know, actually over the years, and I used to, you know, I used to think that healing was difficult and it was, I mean, we had 600 supplements at one point in time, but then over the years we started realizing that it's really not that difficult once you just clean things up and you start reactivating the body's self-healing mechanism. And when we did have our clinic, one of the interesting things that we noticed is we would always sit down and do a two-hour interview. And we actually went to the patient's home too. And I could tell you, I can't tell you how many times we found black air, air conditioned vents in their home. And, it's and we toxic found, mold is such a big thing. <laughs> it is huge. It is humongous. Um, so we did it the old school way. And and what we found was people would come in and during the initial evaluation, uh, you know, the initial consult, the initial exams, our diagnosis that we came up with was maybe two or three things that they were complaining of. Then we would put all of them on a cleanse program, starting with cleansing and healing the gut, start then moving into cleansing the liver. And we, you know, really looked at Holda Clark's research with the liver flukes and all that and kind of modified uh, a liver cleanse program, made it more organic and clean than the one that she was using. Okay. And then we... And, and just just for listeners, Holda Clark, she wrote this book, the was it The Cure for All Diseases? Yeah. Was that, yeah. And I, I read this diseases. in the mid-90s and mm-hmm. she was, uh, frankly, kind of a crazy person. And by the way, a lot of the real advanced healers are at least half crazy. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, you have solvents, they're causing you to get parasites and you need to do this crazy liver cleanse, which involves drinking the equivalent of salad dressing. It's grapefruit juice and huge amounts of olive oil and taking Epsom salts. Uh, it'll be the worst night of your life. And the next morning you're shitting out all these little green rocks uh, that someone later proved are mostly coagulated, uh, coagulated olive oil because they did it with beet juice. Others say they're liver stones. But what I can tell you is that when I did that, it was at the height of living in a moldy house. I didn't know that mold was the issue with me back then or it was one of the issues. Um, I woke up that next morning, um, despite a really gurgly, uncomfortable night. And for the first time in five years, my upper back, between my shoulder blades, I had felt 24 hours a day like there was a candle burning back. It was hot, painful, really uncomfortable. And I just gripped my teeth and I was in pain all the time from that it was gone. And it was gone for a couple hours that day. And it was like, you know, manna from heaven, like finally. And what I think happened is she stimulated with that, that cleanse at least stimulated a huge amount of bile flow. And there's a lot of toxins in bile. And some of the core techniques that I talk about, even with just activated charcoal, it's sticking to bile, which is where toxins recirculate. So Holder Clark was onto something with that cleanse. Then again, her little zapper thing, where mm-hmm. she also said, run this little thing. So I went to Radio Shack and I bought all the things and I soldered together my own <laughs> electrical zapper and the thing didn't do shit, right? And I, I don't think those work at all, but electrical medicine has efficacy. And it, it's one of those things where, okay, Tesla did some cool stuff, but he, then you add Venus in there and you're like, God, how do you sort out the BS from what's real? Like, how do you do it? I, I, I really have learned to rely a lot on anecdotal evidence. I mean, how people feel, are they getting Let's better? Let's call it clinical evidence. <laughs> So let's call it clinical evidence. I mean, I I could tell you we've done probably over 500,000 liver cleanses. Um, One of the things that we've learned from the liver cleanses actually, and especially nowadays, is that I I could say, I don't have scientific data behind this, but I could say pretty confidently that the majority of people's livers right now on the planet are only working at around 15%, including children, by the way. We're seeing non-alcoholic fatty liver disease through the roof. I mean, the livers are just completely congested. And with a value, we, we've had the, uh, the evidence of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that we've been able to evaluate by taking them through these cleanse programs over the year, the last 20-something years. And uh, about four or five years ago, we came to the conclusion that one liver cleanse is only really going to regenerate about 15% of the liver. So we changed our program to now three liver cleanses because if someone's liver is only functioning at around 20%, 
Then you do one, it's going to go up to 35. You do another one, it's going to go up to 50. Then you do another one, it's going to go up to 65. Just but from these also, liver cleanses or just, just from, from the liver oxy cleanses. powder? Like when you say a cleanse, the, the olive oil thing. Yeah. So the, okay. the, the, the intestinal cleanse program is, is nothing more than really uh, avoiding putting a bunch of crap in your intestines during your cleansing and using the oxy powder with a good probiotic. Um, that's basically the intestinal cleanse. Uh, intestinal maintenance on oxy powder is, you know, I think, you know, people should take it one or two times a week or something just to keep everything clean. That's the first step because you always have to start with the intestinal tract. Um, once you get that clean, then the liver can actually dump and, and then you move on to the liver. And so the liver we did for years did one liver cleanse, but now we're finding that three liver cleanses is really what it takes to, to, Get yeah. the liver kicked back in. That, that was my experience. It, it, I did three of them once every weekend, three weekends in a row. And I was out of pain at least 50% of the time. And I know now that, that that nodding of the upper back there is highly correlated with congested liver. And I also know that mycotoxins from your environment will clog the liver up like nothing, uh, nothing else. When I say clog the liver, I'm talking about glutathione, P450 pathways, and the glucarination pathways, uh, which is why... Some of the original bulletproof uh, lifestyle writings are take your activated charcoal to bind to bile, take your liposomal glutathione, and take your calcium deglucurate so that you can turn on those detox pathways. Um, but I haven't written a lot about liver cleanses because, man, that sure sucked. But Okay, so you could stack oxy powder with a liver cleanse. Yes. Um, as, I, I've also seen people say ozonated olive oil. You should put some of that in there as well. Good idea, bad idea? I love ozonated olive oil. Most people aren't doing it long enough. Uh, it, they just call it, there's a difference between ozonated olive oil and ozol, O-Z-O-L. Mm -hmm. Ozonated olive oil is highly effective. You can drink it, you can put it on your skin, it's great. But in order to do what Tesla's original formula was, was to create ozol, you actually change all the molecular composition of the olive oil to an ozol compound, which is C10H18O3, and it is stabilized. And that's what we produce. We have, uh, I think, one of the largest ozone labs at our facility in uh, Phoenix. And we use all glass vessels uh, to do all of our mm -hmm. processing because uh, one of the other things I didn't tell you was about uh, Paracelsus. I mean, Paracelsus is another person that we pretty much studied in depth with his alchemy and uh, philosopher stone stuff and uh very interesting how he could bring plants back to life by purifying the ashes and um and then adding the ashes back into the tinctures and you know over a period of time you can turn the bottle up upside down and you can see the crystals growing off of it um i think that's that's kind of what we're working on is the next generation of vibrationally powerful uh supplements but to get back to your uh question regarding the ozonated olive oil yes you can do that and it's great. If you take the Ozol, it's even better. And you do, we actually do recommend the day, you know, after you drink the olive oil, the next morning on the liver cleanse, then you take the oxy powder to kind of help flush everything back mm. out of the system. Well, and so one thing Holda Clark wrote about uh, was that if you didn't take anti-parasitic herbs like wormwood and artemisinin and things like that before, um, that you were going to be in for a world of hurt. Uh, when you did the the liver flush, because in her unusual view of the world, um, there'd be flukes or something in the liver um, that a lot of Western medicine can't detect. But we do have a major parasite problem; people don't don't even study, don't even look at it anymore. Different topic. But I will say that the one time I tried it without taking anti-parasitic herbs first, uh, it sucked. Like it was much worse than the other times. So there, there's something going on there. Um, and just for for people listening, I'll actually post the recipe. Uh, to do this. I think it is a good idea to do oxy powder uh, afterwards or anything that's going to help cleanse the gut. It's probably a good idea to take charcoal uh, as well. But I'll just tell you, if you guys decide to do it, you know, it's better to work with a functional medicine person or something. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uncomfortable process, but for people who are really toxic, it seems to help. Um, okay. So you're, you're a big fan of, of doing those things and you would start with the gut, then you move to the liver. What about kidneys? People are eating kale like no one's business. They're getting kidney stones all over the place. What do you do for kidneys? Well, after what we found is uh, after the liver, uh, then we go into the harmful organism cleanse. Um, people, and this, this over the years we found is one of the 
main contributors. It basically verifies what Rife was saying, that all disease has harmful organisms associated with it. Um, we do that because, third, because we know that the liver's semi-clean, we know the bowel's clean, and then we use our antifungals, our antiparasiticals and all that stuff to kind of clean out the body of all those harmful organisms. Uh, the, what, what we found is, you know, people that were uh, raw foodists or they were uh, juicing all the time, they were like, oh, I'm so healthy, I'm so healthy, you know, my body's alkaline, I, I, I'm not going to have any fungus or I'm not going to have any parasites or I'm not going to have anything in my system. Well, they do. And what happens is these organisms, a lot of them secrete isopropyl alcohol as a byproduct. So if you have hundreds of trillions of organisms in your body and they're all going to the bathroom in your body, your body's, I don't care what you do. If you juice all day, your body's going to stay acidic because you're going to have high levels of isopropyl alcohol. You're going to have phenol. You're going to have formaldehyde and you're going to have all kinds of toxic compounds being secreted by these organisms. What do you think about combating Viral infections that shall not be named. <laughs> um, well, uh, I had the opportunity to be on the uh, task force that was uh, created with a lot of your friends. Uh, I won't say their names, but really good doctors that um, we started looking at the research um, at early on in the in the COVID. And as you know, it wasn't making sense and. Um, you know, all the mask issue and all the lockdown issue. And we uh, were looking at, you know, a lot of the stuff, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin D, uh, cleansing the body. I mean, USC, actually talking about simplicity and immune health, uh, USC, I think it was a couple years ago, came out with a water fasting study on immune health. 72-hour water-only fast regenerates your immune system and produces immune stem cells. So, uh, I mean, I, I think that fasting can be very effective for that. And um, the immune health uh, programs that many doctors were coming up with, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that uh, can be used for viruses and uh, along the same lines of what we've all been talking about, you know, zinc, iodine, vitamin C, vitamin D. I, I personally am a huge fan of, of charcoal like you. Like I, yeah. I've, I've been working with a company over the last six months, which is a a supercharged C60, which is a fullerene molecule. Uh, it's called GrafX, and it had, literally has uh, 26 layers like an onion uh, around the molecule. And the absorptive quality, this, this company's been around actually for a while, and uh, it's amazing. We're working on a product right now. But, I mean, activated charcoal is just, I mean, some of the, the cheapest, most effective things like diatomaceous earth, activated charcoal, sunlight, water, uh, meditation, you know, these are all things that don't cost any money yet have profound healing effects on the body. You, your set of products at Global Healing is, I'm going to call it esoteric, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, you, you've got all kinds of stuff that, that has neat little biohacking, uh, ancient knowledge uh, built into them. Uh, so if, if you love the stuff on the show and you're saying, what, what's the future of supplements look like? You actually look at the history of supplementation and you look at the future at the same time. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. It's, you, you go there and you look at what's, uh, what's happening and the compounds have these little things uh, that are in them, like you just talked about glucose oxidase. Uh, and like you, I'm a fan of systemic proteolytic enzymes. Um, we're not going to get into it today, but um, you've done a meaningful amount of fasting. You have a book on fasting, you know, long water fasts. Uh, my book on fasting called Fast This Way comes out in January. And I actually recommend people take a, a protease, basically protein digesting systemic enzymes while they're fasting because the body can use those for more rapid repair and cleaning up gunk. And there you go, you're recommending the same things. Those are also relatively unknown except for things like fighting blood clots like serapeptase. So there's there's kind of a wealth of exploration to be done uh, on, on your work with Global Healing because when you're looking at the cutting edge that may or may not include Venus, um, but you're doing it for, you know, since the 90s, whatever that is, that's, you know, 30 years, you end up with a, a set of esoteric products that have, you know, some of them stood the test of time, others are just experimental and new, but I'm always just fascinated and interested in that. I want to say thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. I mean, we could talk all day about uh, different types of technologies and stuff like that. And uh, I, I really appreciate spending time with you. You're awesome to talk to. And um, maybe we'll get to talk again sometime. Uh, most definitely. 
And uh, for the record, no one has ever taken me to the back of a Chinese restaurant and offered <laughs> uh, me to join a global cabal of uh, evil. Uh, and uh, um, I think that must just be because I'm not doing enough. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think you're doing a lot. You're just, uh, you know, the, the thing is when you start messing with the big C word, the cancer, um, it raises a lot of eyebrows. Um, yeah, it's, there's a long history of people uh, solving that problem and then it getting unsolved, uh, which is, which is very strange. But when you, you dig into the details and you actually know the people, which you do and which I do, there is some things going on that are not kosher. I will put it that way. Um, mm -hmm. I also appreciate that you extended a 15% discount for people listening to this, at least if you order something before December 15th of 2020, go to globalhealing.com slash Dave, uh, get a discount, uh, try the the Oxy powder. Uh, it, it's interesting. You do feel good on it uh, and you will poop more, uh, which is pretty cool. And there's a bunch of other cool products there that are full of stuff you generally don't see, uh, which is pretty neat. So you, you've got a very eclectic, esoteric, uh, and well thought through set of things you're working on. And uh, just th thanks for making those available because those are things you don't find in most places. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything that you've done. Um, you know, you've educated, oh my gosh, way more people than we have. And it's just, it's so nice to see that, you know, everybody's working together and everybody's on the same page and, and the people that really truly care and, and they're doing it from the heart uh, just because we want to help as many people as we can. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. And uh, I will see you on Venus. All right. Let's meet <laughs> up. <laughs> we might find some other cool stuff up there. If you like today's episode, you know what to do. Poop. Okay. Well, you could try the Oxy Powder. Uh, you could uh, check out some of the research we talked about. You can Google Homozone and look at the history of Royal Rife. Look at the history of Tesla and healing a lot of people don't know that Tesla had one of the world's first whole body vibration platforms. And he would warn people, don't get on there and turn it up too much because, well, I think in, in Tesla's uh, lingo, he said, you'll shit yourself because he had the frequency figured out that stimulated your bowels. It's eight hertz, by the way. And it it's hilarious. But today we're still using vibration platforms. So I just want you guys to think about this. Maybe we've known some stuff for a long time. The stuff about the AMA taking out Royal Rife's research, that is real and it happened. So open your mind. A lot of what we talked about here, you may just be like, I've never heard of that. And if you are thinking that can't be, therefore it isn't, you are falling into the scientific dogma trap. And a real scientist says, not it can't be, but that's curious. Is it really? And that kind of curiosity is what will make you into a biohacker. I'll see you on the next episode. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.